Hey everybody, welcome back this week as we walk through the Word together. And as we walk out this truth, we discover that life is produced in us and also in other people. We are walking with one another, growing together to see the life of Christ continue to manifest and birth in us and then to see it spread outside of the walls of our houses and our church building. Man, have you ever won anything? Tell, tell somebody next to you, what was the, like one of the most proudest moments of your life where you won something? Think about it, when you won something. Tell somebody about it. It's good to tell about victory in your life. Come on. All right, did, any, did anybody hear a really good one that you're like, man, I got to tell somebody's victory here? Anybody? Best victory you heard. Anybody? Come on. A dollar scratch off. Whoa. On a $1. It's a rare thing. Big victory. Big victories. Anybody top a $50 lottery scratch off? $1 ticket. Anybody? We got a couple. Yeah, come on, Mitch. Come on. We got a room full of gamblers. All right. That's good. That's good. Why not? We should play the Powerball together. Anybody want to go in for this? I've got some lucky people in here, right? Anybody have other victories? Come on. Never won anything. You're about to, girl. It's going to be good. Come on now. You have. What else? Victories. Let's talk about them. Huh? Guys, it's true. Midtown did have a championship city flag football team, y'all. Like we just did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, teammates. Yes, we did this. I walk with a limp for the rest of my life because of that, by the way. I'm funny. I'm going to talk about that today in a funny way. Okay, it'll bring back. Man, do you know what I've found like in, when we've had uh, victories in my life? The road to victory was really messy. Anybody? I don't know about a $1 lottery ticket. I don't that story would be funny, maybe. But you know, if you played any kind of team sport, I think about the things that I once like really admired about victory. And you know, I, I, even today, maybe those victories have shifted, they've morphed, they've evolved into something a little bit different. Man, I think about playing football in high school and just all those victories I thought were awesome. I like look out here and that's like one of my best friends sitting here. We played high school football together, you know, like one of the greatest victories was just like doing life with you, man. And just working through the hard stuff fighting in the locker room, watching you and your brother almost fist fight, you know, <laughs> whipping each other with towels because we thought it was funny. Guys, don't play. We all know. Cold yeah, cold water. Yeah, yeah. We won't talk about that too much, but yeah. <laughs> no, it, we, I mean, just think about the rose to victory. Like it, it's, it's messy. And uh, as I think about even like as we do this thing together, uh, the church, the gathering, the ecclesia, the called out, the, the Jesus life, this thing, honestly, is not what I thought it was. The more I read the Word, the more challenged I am. The more I do it, the more challenged I am. And honestly, the road for me personally is so messy, but it's wonderfully messy. And if you've sat in this any amount of time, and if you've been here any amount of time, and you've endured through things, it gets sweet, doesn't it? But at the same time, it gets sweet, it gets hard, <laughs> doesn't it? And then it gets sweet again. And then it gets hard again. 
want to talk about that journey today a little bit. And if you were here last week, really pinpointed in in Galatians 6, and I want to stay there for a second, but I want to expand our view a little bit. I want to talk about our encouragement as we walk with one another. Right where you are, would you ask God to speak to you? I know he wants to. He's so kind. And if you're in this room today, he's gently wooing you to himself. He's gently speaking to you. He's calling you. So right, right where you are, tell him what you need today. Tell him. Express your heart. I think he wants to hear. Yahweh God. Lord, we, we just want to hear from you. Thanks for loving us and thanks for sticking it out with us. Teach us today. And you, Holy Spirit, lead us into truth, all truth. Breathe fresh air into our lungs today. And transform our life into the likeness of you so that this world would know you, the one true God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. When I started this journey, y'all, when I started thinking about success and just doing this Jesus life, a lot of my idea of success revolved around me and my accomplishments. I started like, honestly, I had an experience with the Lord and I was so excited, y'all. I wanted to quit school and I was just gonna like hit the parks and go to whatever. And I was gonna like tell everybody about Jesus and like best I knew how, that's what I did. And so honestly, I, I lived years. And for me, the greatest success for me was like the more crowds I could get, then it was the better thing, you know? And it morphed into something maybe a little bit unhealthy in my life. Um, but the more I studied the word and the more I started to do like what I see Jesus encourage us into, the more I started seeing this one another idea, this like me and you, us kind of thing. I wasn't this like lone ranger. I had this connection with you and you have this connection with me. And when I'm not doing well, that means you're not doing well. When you aren't doing well, there's a connection in my life where I'm not doing so well. One another's come up often. James 5.16, pray for one another. 1 Thessalonians 5.11, edify one another. It means build each other up. Romans 12.10, prefer one another. 1 Peter 4.9, use hospitality one to another. And the scripture actually talks a dozen times about loving one another. And the thing I want to talk about today, which is closely tied to it, is bear with one another. We're going to talk about that right now in Galatians 6, 1 through 5. So if you got your scripture, type it in there. Pull, pull it open, whatever you got. Galatians 6, cha chapter 6, verse 1 through 5. And I just want to break this verse apart for us and talk about the journey one with another. It says, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks that he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. 
But let each one test his own work, then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. For each will have to bear his own load. I wrestle with this text because here's what I want to first notice. First notice when you read the scriptures, who is it written to? I got to know the context. It's written to brothers. So the encouragement is the church. This is our encouragement for those of us in Christ who stumble and fall into a transgression. We're going to talk about that in just a second. I'll break apart those words for us. But I was, I was tied up a little bit with this passage because I've been reading through 1 Corinthians myself. And I get to chapter 5. And Paul says something like really bold. He was, he's talking about some guy who's in the church and he's calling this church out. He's got intimate relationship with the leadership there. And they're very proud of what they're doing and very proud of what's happening. And he says, listen, I hear there's somebody in there sleeping with their dad's wife. That's something even pagan people don't like. <laughs> and it's in the church. And then some of y'all are getting drunk at the, at the agape feast. Like you're celebrating the love of God and you're getting hammered at the, and having orgies there. I mean, it was crazy, y'all. You think the church now is a wreck. Like, can you imagine? And in Corinth, they're, they're experiencing all this inside the church, y'all. And you know what Paul says? Kick that person out. Right now, get them out. There's no place for that. Get them out. So I'm reading through that. And then I come to this passage where I'm like, I'm like, bear with one another. Stick it out. When you find somebody in a transgression, you step in there. We're going to unpack that. But as I studied this passage, 1 Corinthians has a little bit different feel about what's actually happening. The words are different in meaning. And here's what it's saying. In Corinth, the guys were intentionally, habitually, and unrepentingly continuing down that road. That's what those words meant. And he says, because that is true, they're not moving a, an inch, have nothing more to do with them, and they need to get out. Because they're creating a false view for the community outside of who the king really is and the love that we actually share. This is not what we're going to encourage. This is not what we're going to do. Now, I want to take apart this passage that says, listen, when you find somebody in your life who's stepped into a transgression, what do we do? Because I think many of, much of my experience, if you've been in the church any amount of time, we've read 1 Corinthians 5, like have nothing to do with the evildoer. So we're very quick sometimes to say, I see this in your life, goodbye. Or you've hurt my feelings, I'm out. You're a toxic person. That's what I hear nowadays. We can't be around toxic people. Any toxic people in the room? Anybody free in their life of toxic people? Do it. Eventually, you'll be freeing yourself of you, I think, you know? You're going to find a little toxic in everybody. I mean, I really wrestle with the language we use today. Because at what point, like, I see toxic things in everybody eventually. So what is our encouragement in the body of Christ not in the ways of the world, but does the word encourage us into? It's going to bring us into freedom. So let's experience freedom today, and then let's practice together. Let's step into it and enjoy. I want to, I want to talk about a couple words here. The word caught in, in Galatians 1, uh, 6, uh, verse 1, it said, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, 
The word caught, or it means overtaken, literally means like a side slip. It's this image of like slipping off the main way and falling off like a hill. And when you slip down off the main way, it talks about something might happen to you. And the other word that I think is important to note is the word um, restore. The word restore, if anyone is caught or side-slipped off the main way, fallen down in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore. The word restore is literally a medical term to set a bone. So here's the picture in this passage. If we're walking with each other and somebody falls off the main way, we side-slip. Anybody stumble on occasion? Anybody got a fall? Anybody walked with anybody who fell? Like, I'm glad I'm not you, you know? I don't want to, I've got my own problems. I'm... This encourages us as like, hey, anybody who you're walking with and they slip off the main way, they're going to incur an injury. And so you who are spiritual, step into that world. You're walking down the main way. You who are spiritual, in the spirit of gentleness, Go down there and get them. But the important part of this passage is to understand this instruction is for the one who is going to get the person who slipped. It's not really talking about the one who's actually slipped very much. What is the encouragement to those who are spiritual? Guys, watch yourself lest you fall into the same thing. And here's the instruction for us, guys. And here's the beautiful, those of you who think that you are something when you are nothing, deceive yourself. So you who are spiritual, here's the instruction that I want to I share with our, 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 our people today. Because we're going to walk with each other and I promise you we are going to slip up. You're going to walk with people who stumble in the fall. You who are spiritual, understand that it is just as easy for you to fall as they have fallen. And if you think that you can't fall, you deceive yourself. Don't think you are something when you are truly nothing. Now, you're like, well, that's kind of mean. That is not talking about some people are some things and some people are nothings. It's saying, hey, guys, if you were baptized into Christ, you, you gave up your life. We're all nothings. And if we're somethings, it's because Christ is the something. We are all nothing. Who do we think we are that we're not going to go down in there? Did Christ not go down and get you? Which one of us among us did Christ not go find? Which one among you is deserving of Christ to come find you? Anybody? He found me in my worst, y'all. And in my worst moment, in my deepest pain, I'm telling you, I don't know what it is. I don't understand with my comprehensible mind. Jesus stepped into my world, mended my broken body in a second, and transformed my life. Picked me up, put me on solid ground. I was like, i got to do something about this. <gasps> so now when you come in and you are encouraged by his spirit that resides within me, understand why you're encouraged. It is the spirit of the living God. It is his word that is our light. <laughs> This is not Jay's ideas, and he's nothing. If you see something, you're seeing the something. Come on now. Ooh. Ooh. It's just that. I don't know. 
Somebody's good, man. When I tore my Achilles, I tore my Achilles. Everybody feel that, just feel that for a second. Then you'll feel my pain for a second. I still feel that big thing on the back of your foot that keeps it moving, you know? We're playing our double header. We're going for back-to-back year championships, flag football season. Last few seconds, we're going to go win the game. Double header in July. I bet it was, it was almost, what, two years ago now? Wow. To the date, probably. Come off that line. I push as hard as I can. And all of a sudden, like I walk and I run into somebody. I fall and I try to get back up and I start to go off. And I feel somebody just drop kick me in the back of the leg, y'all. Drop kick me as hard as I can. I fall down and I'm like, my leg's broken. I look at this guy. I was like, you broke my leg. You're a fool. And I was like, you were going to fight right now. I'm like, by the way, I'm like laying on the ground. I'm like, me and you right now, like. Everybody get that idiot, you know? <laughs> this guy's looking at me. He's like, I didn't touch you. I'm like, you broke my leg. <laughs> Go to the hospital. I think my leg's broken because we're getting a little chippy and this guy's kind of a jerk. And I know he just drop kicked me and broke my, these two bones, you know, whatever it is. Show up, they do the x-ray and they're like, yeah, yeah, you tore your Achilles. And, it, and I was like, nah, I mean, and my bone's broken? They're like, it really feels like your bones break, but nope. I'm like, man, I almost started a riot, y'all, two years ago. (laughs) So let's not advertise that it was a church team because I had a moment of weakness there. I did accuse somebody falsely because I was sure of myself, you know? But you know, I think I thought about my experience when I tore my Achilles because here's what I never needed when when I hurt myself. I didn't need my wife to come in the room and be like, get up, you idiot. You take a shower, you stink now. You know? That is not what you did. You are gracious and kind to me, and you made me food. She wasn't coming up, you need to make the family food and change the diapers, you know? I couldn't. I was hurt. And I didn't, I couldn't have had a doctor that came in and be like, hey, you know what's gonna help you? Now go go make sure you go work out now. I was in terrible pain. And in my pain, I didn't need somebody to come in and add more pain. In my pain, I needed somebody to come in and go, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to pick you up and I'm going to carry you to a shower. I'm going to bring you meals because that's what you need. I'm going to actually like meet you in the middle. I'm going to cover up some of the things that you were responsible for. I'm going to lift some of the burden from your life so that you stuck in a recliner, you don't carry more burden. And I think about, y'all, I think about how many people, when I, when I walked with in the beginning of this thing and I saw sin in their life, I put more burden on people and I said, man, you got to change and this is how you're going to change. You're going to do this and this and this and this. And you know what they did? They tried. And they got so tired, they said, I don't, I don't think this is for me. I never told them about Jesus, really. I forgot how he met me. I got so focused on what I was doing and I started thinking I was something and I ended up not helping people. I started burying people, you know? I'm like, man, Lord, like you met me in my worst. And this passage says, listen to this, bear with one another and so fulfill the law of Christ. What is the law of Christ? The Bible doesn't really talk about this very specific, like, hey, here is the law of Christ. 
But Jesus said in John 13, 34, and I believe this is what uh, Paul was talking about. Jesus said, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I've loved you, you also love one another. This is my law. And when, G, when, when Paul's saying, hey guys, bear with one another and accomplish what Christ called each one of us to do. Have you ever thought that the big win in our life is to bear with one another? Anybody? I never thought that was a win. I never saw that as the big win. He says the big win is to bear with one another and fulfill the law of Christ. Christ's law was love one another like I loved you. I asked Otho. He sent me four uh, uh, lines about love, and I thought they were so powerful. I wanted him to share those with us today. Otho, share with us, man. I'm going to get you a mic. Y'all make Otho feel welcome because he's, he's a joy, man. Come on, step up there. Thank you, brothers and sisters. Yes, the law of Christ is the love. What kind of love is that? It's the agape type of love. And the best description of it can be found in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Now, I did a lot of thinking about this agape love. I did a lot of praying about it. And I asked myself, how can I, or us Christians, how can, how can this love, agape, be translated into gospel-sharing relationships? I came up with these three points that I believe that the Holy Spirit gave to me. I think they're good for relationships between husbands and wives, between people who are dating, even between people who are just being friends. Here's what agape is not and what it is. Agape does not coerce. What it rather does is it compels. I said a few weeks ago that I studied the life of Christ, his ministry. And he's the best example of agape love. Starts out when he starts calling his disciples. He issued an invitation. That's compelling. Recently, I got an invitation to Brett and Elise's wedding. That was unique. That was fun. That was compelling. Anyway, Jesus made his invitation real simple. He said, come and see. Or he said, follow me. But he did not coerce his disciples. People left John but he didn't say, you have to leave, John. He just said, come and see. Agape does not corrupt. 
says in the Bible, especially in 1 Peter, that we are to be a holy people. And the reason why we're to be a holy people is because God is holy, and he has called us to be holy. And when you're holy, you accept others. You see through their mistakes. You see through their faults, and you forgive them. And that's exactly what our God has done for us. Agape does not condemn. Rather, it encourages. You remember the story about the woman caught in adultery? It's found in the Gospel of John, chapter 8. You have people that dragged this lady in front of Jesus. And they were issuing all kinds of bad things about her. Jesus just stooped down and started writing in the dirt. Now, I don't know what he wrote. And I'm not going to even speculate on that. But it's interesting that after he wrote a little bit, he then asked or said to, to the people around him, he who is without sin cast the first stone. And we know after that, that people started leaving. And it says it was the oldest that left first. At the end, Jesus gets up and looks at the woman. And he says, woman, does anyone condemn you? And she says, no, sir. And so Jesus says to her, neither do I. He did not condemn her. And his encouragement was, go and sin no more. The last thing that the Holy Spirit gave to me was, agape does not control. Rather, it guides. Now, the book of Matthew, chapter 11, Jesus says this, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He says to learn. He wanted to teach them. And what do teachers do? They give guidance. That's the insight that I believe that the Holy Spirit gave to me about agape love and how we can perhaps use that in gospel relationships with others. Thank you. That's all. Good, Thank you, Thank you. That's beautiful. <laughs> you can leave it on. It's okay. As we close today, it's our encouragement. At the end it says of that passage, 
says each will bear his own load. I've wrestled with that, and I still wrestle with it a little bit. But I think what it infers is that one, some sooner or later, you're all going to have a burden in your life. We all are. What if we thought of it like this? The way of the world would say, do you know what's really loving? Is that you would burden no one. Don't tell anybody about the heaviness you care. And I hear that a lot. I just don't want to, I don't want to burden you. I, you know, I know you got too much, I know you got a lot on your plate, so I just going to keep it to myself, you know? Anybody? Especially in the South, because we're all sweet and kind, you know? Wouldn't believe what she's doing. You know? No, I'm just kidding. That's, that's Listen to this. What if holding your burden is stolen property? What if holding your burden is stolen property? Listen carefully. Bear one another's burdens and fulfill the law of Christ. What if the fact that you refuse to share your burden with me keeps me from fulfilling the law of Christ? What if I need your burden in my life to transform my life? What if I need your burden in my life to experience Jesus? I need your burden. You need mine. If we're going to get in the ditch together, and we're going to mend some bones, you know? That's going to be a painful process, but if you want healed, call out. Hey, I'm down here. I'm hurting today. And the scripture, y'all, if you need healing today, the scripture says we could find healing when we share one with another and we bring our burdens in prayer before the Lord. There you will experience healing. Confession is a part of the healing process. Did you know that? If you carry a burden today, let that go and let somebody help you with it. And then I promise you, you're going to experience Jesus. Have you been saying, God, I just need your help. I just need your help with this burden. I need your help with this problem. And I'm telling you, he's brought help. We're an army in here. Come on now. Listen, we're, we're the body of Christ, y'all. Come on. Did you want him to show up? He's here. He's here. He's here. He's here. He's here. We're here. Now listen to him. Bring your burden to someone who is spirit-filled and will help you with the spirit of gentleness and mend your broken bones. They're not going to heap the burden. They're going to pick up every burden around you and help you. And then, guys, you know where you're going? We're going to go search for some other people that are hurting. You're going to be part of the healing process in their life. Now, anybody carry a burden today? If you carry a burden today, let's bring it to the one that Otho referred to and said, come to me, come to me. All who were heavy laden and burdened today, I want to give you rest. My yoke isn't heavy. It's very light. The thing that you think will burden your life will actually bring healing in your life. What's telling you that if you share that, it's going to create more burden? Nope, it's going to lift it. Our decision today would we believe his word? Would we follow his spirit? And I want to invite you into saying yes to him there. And I promise you, God, he'll meet you there. Would you bow your head with me today?
Sometimes it helps to uh, start the process. And it's so scary to talk about our burdens. It's so scary to talk about weakness. I feel like our culture ingrains it. In this young age, we can't talk about those things because people might think differently of me, right? <sighs> mm. Father, I pray that you would just wash us with your word. Just your, your kind love, God, just flood upon us, God. Today, before you maybe share with somebody and you just need to take the next step, I just need to acknowledge the fact that I feel burdened today. If you feel burdened today, would you just look at me? I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to make you do anything. If you say, I mean, I'm burdened today, I just have you look at me. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We acknowledge burdens in the room. Thank you. Burden today. Now, right where you are, would you, would you just ask Jesus, Jesus, what should I do with this burden? Talk to him about it. Now, would you say, Jesus, who should I talk to about this burden that is filled with your spirit and is going to bring help in my life? Who should I talk to about it? Maybe a name comes into your mind. Just it's instant. It's not, it doesn't take long. It's very quick. And you might in fact just want to be like, oh no, not that name. Because <laughs> that name's gonna actually set a bone, probably. They're gonna help you up. I encourage you, would you would you move to that person and see healing? Would you just tell them? And if you don't know who to talk to, right as we sing this last song, I'm gonna be up here and I'm gonna ask my prayer team to come up and we'd love just to walk with you. We'd just love to pray with you. We see healing. I know you've come to the right place. I think healing is available in the room today. In fact, I know it. I don't think it, I know it. And now I want you to think about this. Y'all can look at me for this one. Think about to the extent that our Jesus bore with us. How he has never given up on you. From day one, he's seen everything. And he said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. Not even to the end of age. I've missed the mark, y'all, so many times. The wind is bearing with people. I've passed by thousands on the street wounded, hurting. I've hurt them worse, you know? And yet I come to this place and I'm like, you know what? My heart's getting humbled more and more. And I'm finding that Jesus never gave up on me because his agape love pursues me, man, encourages me, compels me. He's doing the same for you. See him for who he really is, not for who you've made him. He's not like us. He's different. And he's calling us to be like him because he's different. And he'll meet you in your woundedness and he'll bind your broken bones. He'll, wound, he'll, he'll heal. See him for who he really is. This great king that we have. Would you stand with us? Let's sing this song to him as we think about him and how he bears with us.